morning. This is Pastor Reginald J. Houston, proud pastor of Johnson Chapel African Methodist Episcopal Church uh, in the lovely Lake Como area. We greet you this morning in Jesus' joy. We ask that you would open your Bible to 2 Kings. Beautiful stories in 2 Kings, Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, our story starts at verse 8 and goes all the way to 38. You read it at your leisure. Please read it. I want to talk to you from the subject. Shut the door and change the locks. Shut the door and change the locks. Pray with me as we walk through the word together. The scene of this Old Testament text is situated and located during a past era in a much similar setting that vastly resembles our present. For this story takes place after a miracle. Yet much like today, it happens in the midst of a new beginning. Now I don't know about you, but the longer I live and the more that I see, the more I'm made aware of that drying, trying times always follows the major miracle of new beginnings. Saints of God, have you ever noticed how something supernatural or an unexpected blessing comes to your address from the Lord, from the Lord, and the devil seems to get wind of it and starts messing with your emotions so that your mind won't find perfect peace in that blessing? Have you noticed how God can bless you and while you are celebrating and getting, getting ready to thank him, the devil tries to outflank our God, a God who is everywhere, by making you believe you did it all by yourself. Have you ever wondered how God can pick you up, up off the floor, off the floor of I can't take it no more, and purpose your journey to the land of I can? Well, that's exactly what happens in this text. Our text gives relevance how a Shumanite woman and her husband had watched the prophet Elisha travel by their house all year long and made the decision in their hearts that this year would be different. Instead of just giving, giving him something to eat, this year they were determined to do a new thing. Both agreed and decided to be kind to the prophet preacher Elisha by providing for him a, a bed and breakfast getaway to renew his strength and revive his purpose while traveling. Watch this. They stretch out hands of kindness to the man of God, not hoping for anything in return. Just some odds and ends, an extra room with a bed to sleep, a table to study, a stool to sit, and a candlestick to give light. They just wanted to be a blessing and it just seemed like the godly thing to do. Now you can say what you will amaze about people who go out of their way to help preachers and basically becomes partners in ministry. The word declares, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. I'm not making it up. It's in there. Matthew 10, 41. The word also says, whosoever should give you a cup of water, 
to drink in my name because you belong to Christ shall not lose his reward. Mark chapter 9 verse 41. It is here, my brothers and sisters, that we see how God is never left without a witness. If you cast your bread upon the waters, it shall return back to you in due season. Well, after this kind gesture, the prophet holds a conversation with his pro tem and says, you know, this family has been carefully kind to me. Go check and glean from them what their needs are. Tell them that I have a voice in the ears of the king. I can give them a hookup with the captain of hosts. Tell them I can get them a government job in the palace and they won't have to worry about rain, crops, or bad weather. Yet when the servant returned from the assignment, he reported that the family desired to stay right where they were. He reported they were content doing what they were doing and living where they were living and being exactly who they were. Yet when their needs were further assessed, the prophet realized that the only thing missing in this family was an heir. There were no children, no child to carry on the family name, no child to inherit their life's work, no child to assist them in their old age and senior moments. The prophet tell Gehazi to call the Shumanite woman. It's here that Elijah speaks a word from the Lord. He tells her in nine months, you shall have, and watch this word, embrace a son. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16. Note here, the woman's response makes me believe she was a sister of color. For in essence, she says, don't play with me now. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. Note here, nine months later, a son was born according to the time of life. Verse 17. Listen, when God says it, you can stick a toothpick in it because it's done. And all one can say is yea and amen. Note in passing the time lapse from verse 17 to verse 18 in chapter 4. The child grows from baby to teenager in that lapse. And this text shifts from miracle to misfortune, from celebration to calamity, from adventure to adversity. For the Bible records, as the son was walking in the field to see his dad, he suffers what looks like a heat or sunstroke, an aneurysm that caused him to fall out unconscious. His father has the servants take the boy to his mother and she lays him in her lap where he dies, where he dies. Don't miss that. He dies in his mother's embrace. I found something interesting about this woman of God. She rocks and cuddles her son until he dies. Yet as soon as he dies, she does something phenomenal. She picks him up and packs her packs him, packs her child upstairs and lays him in the room where she had prepared for the prophet. She puts him on the prophet's bed. She shuts the door and goes out. I find it interest, interesting because she does not call the undertaker, nor does she start preparing the body for the funeral. She shuts the door and goes out. 
verse 21. She does not text the prophet or call family and friends to help her grieve. She shuts the door and goes out. This verse reveals illustrations to our illumination because most of us have a problem shutting the door on dead situations. Please understand, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about what God told me to talk about. Most of us have the courage to touch the doorknob and even push it in a little bit, but we struggle when it comes to completely shutting the door. We have a problem turning our back, going out, and walking away from people and places that don't mean us any good. We say, let go and let God. But what we mean is, hold on and let me. Even in the church, there are folk caught up in dead relationships. For many times, we sit on the same pew with folk who have bad and vile attitudes and have failed to heed the word that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yet good folk keep holding on, refusing to shut the door on a dead relationship. The pastor preacher, T.D. Jakes, says, we need to redefine the gift of goodbye. If the relationship is dead, stop begging folk to stay with you. If the only reason they are there is to cause pain and confusion or to elevate you to the status of great enabler, in the country, we were taught, you can do bad, hello somebody, all by yourself. You can't make them stay. You can't buy them enough. You can't kiss them enough. You can't hug them enough. You can't, I better stop right there. If the relationship is dead, only God has resurrection power. You can't even keep or give life to yourself. The Bible says in him, we live, move, and have our being. Some of us need to redefine the gift of goodbye. Shut the door and change the locks. For you are trying to help somebody who is making you codependent and won't help themselves. Shut the door. Shut the door. That's exactly what happened to the five foolish virgins who were ill-prepared and lacking oil for their lamps. The bridegroom showed up when they least expected him to. And while they were outside gambling on his grace, the door was shut. You can read it for yourself, Matthew 25, verse 10. Listen, door shutting is a major prerequisite to praying in secret. For does not the word say, when thou prayest, enter into your closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which sees in secret, but rewards openly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. The Bible relates that when Noah had built the ark and his family and all the animals were on board, God shut the door and secured Noah's family from the deluge, deluge that was about to come. Genesis chapter 7, 16. Every now and then, we need to shut the door on dead relationships. Stop wasting tears on things salt water won't change. A friend of mine named Bill Withers once said, Wasted water. All that is. And you can't make no flowers grow. There ought to come a time when you can say, I cried my last tear of this situation yesterday. Well, let me get back to this text. The woman of Shuna teaches us that if you have favor, which is the acronym for faith allocates victory over reality, God becomes enough. 
God, she is in a dead situation, this woman. But a favor reminds her that the prophet made her believe it's not over until God says it's over. She shuts the door, goes out, and seeks the man of God. Permit me quickly to pause for a good cause because there is a pearl of a good price in this arst of obedience. Note here on her way to, the, to Elijah, the prophet, she meets her husband. He asks, he asks his honey, is everything all right? She replies, it shall be well. It's in there, verse 23. Then she says a word to a servant that should be our mantra for the rest of 2020. Drive and go forward. Don't slow down unless I tell you. Say what you will or may, but that's a now faith. Note here, when she gets to her husband, she does not tell him that their son is dead. She does not tell him that he breathed his last on her knee. She does not tell him that she carried him upstairs and put him in the prophet's, put him on the prophet's bed. Does not tell him that when the, she shut the door, his body is started to get cold. Favor makes her say, it shall be well. Are you still listening? The prophet sees her coming fast and sends his servant to intercept her. He asked her, is everything all right with your husband and your child? She replies, it is well. Note here in verse 32, when Elijah follows the woman home, the child was dead. The child was dead in the prophet's bed. Elijah went in and guess what? He shut the door and prayed unto the Lord. Is that the word, somebody? Every now and then we need to get to the place of our purpose where we, we realize that we are holding on when God has said, let go and let me. That's 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. There's a woman whose husband had died at the beginning of this chapter. Bill collectors and creditors were coming to take her children as collateral. He asked, the prophet asked her, what's in your house? She replies, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. All that is here is a little pot of oil. The prophet tells her, go borrow vessels from your neighbors, as many as you can find. Come into your house and shut the door and pour your little into God's big. Don't miss that. Pour your little into God's big. When I think about church growth and evangelism, our first priority is to teach within before we start to reach out. Come in here and shut the door and believe that God can. We need to allocate a faith that will not shrink and pour, pour our little into God's big. For it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he will do for you. If you believe that, you're listening and believe that, say amen. There's a story about a woman who was caught up in an abusive situation. Like Leah in the Bible. She tried everything to make Jacob love her. When he told her she was too fat, she lost weight. When he complained about her cooking, she ordered from Boston Market, Texas Steakhouse, and the fish the way he liked it. When he told her she wasn't making enough money, she got an extra job, and then he complained she was gone all the time and not doing her wifely duties. Finally, she realized that regardless of what she did, it would never be good enough. She saw herself in a dead situation. She decided to bid him goodbye, told him to leave, 
and she shut the door. But every now and then, when she came home, stuff started missing. Even though she had shut the door, somebody was trespassing in her house. She went to a preacher and said, Reverend, I decided to let go and let God, but I don't feel safe behind my closed doors. I've shut the door. What else can I do? Preacher said, sometimes just shutting the door is not enough. You got to change the locks. For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Shut the door, but also change the locks. For the devil has a key to your back door. Good morning, this is Pastor Reginald J. Houston, proud pastor of Johnson Chapel African Methodist Episcopal Church. In the lovely Lake Como area, we greet you this morning in Jesus' joy. We ask that you would open your Bible to 2 Kings. Beautiful stories in 2 Kings, the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Our story starts at verse 8 and goes all the way to 38. You read it at your leisure. Please read it. I want to talk to you from the subject. Shut the door and change the locks. <laughs> 